and welcome to Challenges That Change Us, the podcast where we talk to our guests about how their challenges have impacted them today and how they overcame them. Whether you are someone that feels like you are thriving right now, trudging through the mud or somewhere in between, this podcast is designed to give you practical advice, profound insight into your own experience and inspire you to embrace your life. My name is Ali Flynn, the co-founder and CEO of Tri Altitude Performance, and I will be your host. It's time to buckle up your seatbelts and let's get this ball rolling. Welcome, 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 dear listeners, to another episode of Challenges That Change Us. Today, I have a very special guest joining us. Hold on to your seats because this is one remarkable young individual who has already accomplished so much at the tender age of 15. Listeners, let me introduce you to Jack Byrne, a true inspiration in every sense of the word. Jack has lived a life that's beyond incredible, dedicated to serving others and making a positive impact in the world. At just 10 years old, Jack embarked on a school project that would change his life forever. He founded Fiverr for a Farmer with the goal of fundraising $1,200 to support struggling farmers. Fast forward to today and the astonishing reality that Jack has now raised over $2.2 million. Yes, you heard it right. His achievements are nothing short of jaw-dropping. But that's not all. Jack's passion for making a difference goes far beyond fundraising. He has hosted his very own podcast called One Small Act, where he shares stories of other kids' kindness and encourages others to take action. And if this wasn't impressive enough, he recently delivered his first TEDx speech, which has already nearly had over 2,000 views, even before the official release. Throughout my conversation with Jack, I was constantly blown away by his remarkable story, his unwavering determination, his kind spirit and his unique perspective on the world. This young man is truly exceptional and is an absolute honour to have him on the show today. Jack Byrne's impact is not limited to his local community. It extends both nationally and internationally. His story serves as a shining example of what can be achieved when passion meets action. So, without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to the man himself, Jack Byrne. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and moved by his incredible journey and the challenges he has faced and how they have changed him. Welcome, Jack, to Challenges That Change Us. Thank you for having me. Jack, I love to start every episode with the same question, just so that we can get to know you a little bit. And it is, what animal best describes you and what is it about that animal? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I think I'd have to go with a gorilla, which sounds weird, but I've done a couple like information reports on gorillas in school and stuff and they're a funny animal that really cares about community and people around them and their own species and I feel like for me that's what I love to do. I I love to look out for others and family is definitely one of the biggest things in my life. So I think a gorilla is a great way to represent that. We haven't had a gorilla on here yet. And Jack, there is so much that you have been doing the last few years. When I went in to do all my research, I kind of got lost in it, right? Like I was like, and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's done this. And, you know, so maybe the best place for us to start would be to go right back to the beginning of this journey. Like where did it all begin? 
Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy journey. So five years ago, I was 10 years old and I watched a BTN video, which is a news channel for kids, and I saw a clip about the drought, seeing kids my age missing out on school, sport, to help out on the farm and do as much as they can to, you know, avoid this drought. And it was really hard for people. So I went up to mum and started speaking to her about this drought and we both had no clue what was going on. With a bit more research, I still couldn't find anything. And at this point, you know, there was no drought relief concerts, nothing on the news, really nothing. It was very hard to find anything. So I thought, well, what's a good way we can get rid of this? And then the idea of raising funds came along. And being a primary school student, we love dress-up days and pyjama days, mufti days. So I thought maybe I could do that and draw attention to a lot of kids. So I did dressing up for farmers. And then a fiver for a farmer came with the name. You know, I thought, let's donate $5 instead of one. It's pretty bad, this drought. So I really wanted to make a difference. And within, you know, 20 hours after sending off an email to anyone who would listen, I was on national TV, Channel 7, and spreading my idea. 20 hours after that, I'd raised $20,000 and Within five weeks, I raised a million dollars. So it's been a pretty crazy journey. It is absolutely unbelievable. It really is. And now it's gone to $2.2 million that you have raised for farmers, which I asked you when you first got on here today, I had to double check, didn't I, Jack? I was like, so you're from the Northern Beaches, right? Or are you from the land? Because it blows my mind to think that someone in the city can put so much heart and soul into what we experience out here in the country without having lived it yourself. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's A lot of people think I'm from the farm. Before starting this, I'd never even been like out into the country. The furthest I'd probably gone is the city. So it was definitely a big turnaround to go and visit these farms and really experience firsthand what was happening. It, it's It's crazy. And let's just go back a little bit. You kind of blew over it, you know, like I sent out these letters and I was on national TV, but it's not that simple. So when you said you sent all these letters out, did you just write an email and then send it to the TV companies? You know, how did it work? Yeah, so I'd been learning how to write an email in school that week on our iPads. That week? Yeah. (laughs) That week? Yeah. Wow. The idea was we were going to write an email to a farmer, so like a pretend email, and we were learning all the skills and how to send it. And it came pretty useful in the end, going onto mum's laptop. And I thought the best way to find people that can spread the word is by searching it up. What are the Channel 7 producers' emails? Who's the 2GB producers' email? All of those and just kept searching and searching, added them all onto an email and wrote the email with the idea, getting people to dress up, bring in $5 and help put a stop to this drought. And, you know, I put my mum's phone number at the bottom and her name. That was a little detail I left out. She got lots of phone calls the next day and it, it kind of all went from there. Yeah. And was there ever anything in your history before that where you were sort of like entrepreneurial and starting businesses like selling eggs on the side of the road? Or is this really your very first experience of coming into the world and just getting, I can imagine, overnight hit with, wow, I went from being at school, being my everyday kid to now everyone in the country or a lot of people in the country know who I am? 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like anything crazy. A lemonade stand with a couple of mates maybe. But this is definitely my first like idea. I was pretty quiet up to that point like as a kid, you know, talkative around my mates but didn't like public speaking and, you know, I just kind of got around in school and then after this kind of changed everything. Let's talk about that five years. You know, let's have a conversation about what that's looked like for you and what your experience has been through that time. It's changed so much for me as a person and as a now entrepreneur. I've learned the skills of public speaking and speaking to others. If you asked me five years ago before starting this, oh, Jack, do you want to go on this podcast and just talk? I couldn't do it. Just even getting up in front of my class is something that was really scary to me. But now it's almost a second nature and I also enjoy speaking to others. It's become a passion to me and over the five years I've learned so much from either news channels or farmers, just really anyone that's given me the opportunity. I've, I've been so lucky to gain so much from these opportunities. Mm, and I was thinking about when you said public speaking wasn't kind of in your wheelhouse, like it wasn't something that felt natural to you. How did you grow in that space? Because you do a lot of public speaking now and we're going to get to it. You're actually just one of the youngest to ever do a TED Talk. So that was two weeks ago. We're going to get to that at the end of the podcast. But how did you start? There'll be so many people listening, even as adults, that are scared of stepping up into the limelight and having a conversation publicly. Yeah, so this is what I was thinking about when I was writing my TED Talk. At primary school, you do a bear pit speech. And that's where you get up in front of the class and you get given a question and you have to talk about it. And I dreaded it. I hated it so much and could never get it out. And I think I figured out that when when you're doing public speaking, you have to be passionate about what you're speaking about. Otherwise, there's no need to speak and you don't want to speak to these people. So when I started my charity, I felt the need to speak and I wanted to make a change, which just made the speaking so much easier and it just came naturally. So I think it's all about finding what's right for you and also not overthinking it. Even now, I don't do big long notes and I don't do word for word speeches. I just have key points and I put a dot point for each and I just try to hit off the dot points. I sound really robotic when I read off a script. So if I just kind of make it in my own head, it sounds a lot better. But it's all about confidence and being passionate about what you're speaking about. And I can 100% vouch for that because when we got on here, I was like, you know, what do you want to talk to? And you're like, let's just see where the conversation goes. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing for anyone to come on and feel like they can just be like, let's just see where this conversation goes. But at you at your age, like, I think you'll look back on this and, and be like, yes, that really is incredible. Yeah, it's a pretty cool skill and I think I've been lucky enough to do so much media that I've picked up this skill and it's, you know, hopefully can stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I don't think it's gone anywhere, Jack. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit around that going from overnight, you know, you said that you raised 20,000, which was, I understood was your goal initially, right? You said, let's raise 20,000 for the farmers and you got that in the first, was it 20 hours, did you say? I think 20 or like 14 hours, Wow, 14 hours, I think. After sending the email, the next day I went to school, mum went to work and coffee with her sisters and, you know, hadn't told her anything and I didn't really think it would go that far. And she kept getting phone calls from random numbers. She didn't pick up and then after one of them she finally picked up and she goes, hello, who's this? And it was Edwina Bartholomew 
who's a Channel 7 host, and she was asking for me and I was at school. And it kind of all went from there and they wanted me on the show the very next day. So it came together so quickly. They were asking for websites, our goals. And like you said, that my goal was 20,000. My actual goal was only 1,200. That was my initial goal and I thought, and they said, you've got to go bigger than that. So we went for 20,000 and then after hitting that within 14 hours, it was it's pretty crazy to think that this is actually has the chance to go really far. You know, when I think about that, I think for many people, they would have stopped there. You know, I've raised 20,000. That's incredible. I'm going to stop. What made you decide to keep going? Yeah, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like people stop when they've achieved. Mm. Like they think, oh, I've got my goal. Let's stop there. I think as kids, we always want to go the next step. And that's what I talk about in my TED Talk, being a kid's an advantage and how we have this great sort of resilience when we get knocked back down or when we want to do something, we will keep doing it till we achieve it. And I knew that I could reach more people after seeing within 14 hours, I raised $20,000. So I wanted to reach even more people. And this really added to my passion and wanted to make me go further. This podcast is called Challenges That Change Us because we do talk to our guests about challenges they've faced and, and that impact that it's had. I imagine that being in the public eye so quickly would have come with its own challenges. What sort of challenges did you come across? Yeah, it it was a tough balance, you know. I was still 10 years old and I think a lot of people forgot that. You know, they'd call my mum and it'd be lunchtime. Oh, where's Jack? He's, He's at school. He's at sport. He's at his friend's house. So we had to find a balance and I think we're definitely better at it now. But for a 10-year-old kid, it was definitely a lot for me to take on. And I had those points of exhaustion and stuff like that. But I think I really grew and I knew how to pace myself and talk to others. And I I found this sort of sense of energy. And I guess it was from my passion. And I never really knew I had that. And I've taken that into new things, whether it's sport or doing a school project. I just keep pushing. And it's it's a really great skill. Mm, So it's one that you didn't know you had, like that was kind of a new feeling that you felt? Yeah, definitely. I think everyone has it. It's just finding the key that unlocks it and then, you know, using that skill. You just need to find something. It's all about passion. If you're passionate about something, you can talk about it for hours, days, and you never get tired. So finding your passion and using that to push you further is definitely what I found and what I used. Mm, it's really amazing. And I'm also thinking about when you said there were those times that you were really exhausted. Anyone in the media trying to live a life gets exhausted, right? Everyone experiences that. How did you manage those days and those times? You know, I'm really lucky with my family and my mum, my dad, my sister are really supportive of me and my cousins. So in those times, you know, trying to sleep, get some rest and you know, my mum and dad really helped me calm me down. And I think it's just, it's finding those times. And I'm really grateful for my mum and dad setting up a schedule that means, you know, I do have time to wind down and rest, but I still get to push this word out and do something that I really care about. Shout out to your mum and dad as well, because they wouldn't have walked this road before, you know, like they're learning, I'd imagine as equally as what you're learning and as quickly as you're learning. Yeah. My mum, she worked really hard for me when this was all going down. Working a full-time job and trying to run a charity is definitely a very tough task and 
she did it so well and it was really cool. And it's impacted so many lives around this country. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, you can see the impact that you're having. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to see your actions help someone else and like you actually can see it happen. It's been one of the coolest experiences for me. What have been those moments that you had to pinch yourself? Like, you know, those moments that are like, we are here. This is so incredible. Can you think about some of those moments? Yeah, I've been so lucky to be able to travel overseas with this. I went to America just before COVID started, actually, in January 2020. And I went on a show called Little Big Shots with Melissa McCarthy. I had to pinch myself. I couldn't believe it, you know. I think I was 12 at the time and I'm going to LA to be on a show and talk about what I've been doing. And, you know, it was right in the thick of the fires too. So it really added that level of like, I'm going to get a word out internationally and this is going to help so many people across the board. That was definitely a big moment for me. And I could also say I met Scott Morrison and Malcolm Turnbull two amazing people and they were very supportive of my idea that was definitely really cool moments but I also like the little things I've been lucky enough to talk to schools primary schools and kindies as kind of like a motivation and I never really thought of myself that way and that's definitely one of those pinch me moments like talking to preschool kids and saying you can do whatever you want and it's true and it's a really cool feeling That feeling of inspiring others to go out and do, whether it be small or big things, because, you know, we will talk about this, is you did a podcast, One Small Act, you know, because I've heard you speak so many times around just doing the small things can go a really long way. Yeah, 100%. The idea behind One Small Act is really anything you want it to be. If you're doing one small act for someone else every day, if everyone did that, the world would be become a better place 100%. It's the little things, paying for someone's coffee, even giving someone a hug, calling a relative, whatever it is, it can affect someone's day, week, month, even a year. The impact that we have is crazy and I think we've lost that sense of personal touch through, you know, technology. And I think technology is an amazing thing, but we almost get stuck to it and 100%. I'm a part of the generation that's on their phone scrolling through TikTok constantly and, you know, playing games on a console. But I think we forget that connecting with someone, actually talking to someone in real life is so cool and you can really affect someone. I'm sitting here at the moment as you say that, Jack, thinking it's taken me 40 years to learn some of the things that you're talking about right now. It just blows my mind to think that you can stand there at the age that you are having learned some of these life lessons that's for so many of us, it takes us decades. And that one small act is just 100% true. You know, even a smile, right? Like even smiling at a stranger on the street, you don't know the impact or the ripple effect that that's going to have for the rest of the day, week, month, year for them. Yeah, I think also it doesn't have to be helping one person. It can help thousands, hundreds of thousands. And I think that's the same with my idea. It started by just trying to help one farm, Mm. one farm. If I get my school to dress up and we raise out of 200 kids, bring in $5 each, that's a fair bit of money. Mm. So I thought I could really have an impact there. But then to see that double, triple, quadruple and just keep going all from one small act, it's crazy how much of an impact one small act can have. 
we'll pop it in the show notes how people can go in and listen to that podcast. I'm dying for my girls to listen to it actually as well. Ironically, my eldest is out fundraising today, door knocking and walking around. You know, I messaged her before. I'm like, how are you going? And she's like, I've made $200. And I'm like, that's brilliant for some kids that are in an orphanage. And that's so good. It's just, yeah, those pathways. And so when she listens to this podcast, her mind will open up, you know, it unlocks the possibility for someone else to dream big. Yeah. And the podcast is actually, I'm talking to other amazing kids who have done similar stuff like me and raising money. And some of these kids' ideas are awesome. And after doing the podcast and talking to so many cool people about, you know, just the spirit of kindness, I'm not worried about the future. I think, you know, today we're so worried that, you know, 2050 something's going to happen, 2060. All this stuff, climate change is definitely a big factor. I, I believe in climate change is happening and we have to put a stop to it. But there's people and kids who want to inherit the next generation and be that change. I, I think we almost get stuck up in the sad stuff that's happening, but we're not looking at the positive stuff. Like these kids that I got to talk to are so amazing and, you know, they make me feel happy for the future. And that's a gift in itself, right, sharing their stories internationally with the world about what they're doing yeah 100% it was such a cool way to hear ideas and I learned so much from that experience and it's just another thing that's been added to me and that I've got to learn and let's talk COVID because you kind of kicked off right and then COVID hit and for most people that would kind of stop them in the tracks but it seems as if it almost you just kept going and trudging through and building and expanding is that how it was for you yeah, definitely. I think COVID was definitely one of the toughest times in recent years. It was a pretty crazy thing. And, you know, we're all trying to learn on the go and, you know, Zoom, even this Riverside, trying to learn that is something that I'd never thought I'd had to do. But I found here that, like, we can push further. There's no restrictions. So when I heard there's not going to be a chance to do dress up days, I thought, well, there's other things we do in our everyday life which can have an effect and we started doing Australian shopping. So when you go to a supermarket, you know, there's everything there now. We're so lucky with like exports and imports that everything is there. So mangoes are in the winter. You wouldn't have seen that years ago because they ship them in. If we start shopping from Australian farms and Australian produce, it actually returns to our farmers and actually helps them. So I got my mum to try and shop strictly Australian produce and it was one of the hardest things she had ever had to do. Like it was very challenging. The things that you buy that, you know, you think that that would be Australian are actually not. So learning along the way how to do that and then I thought, well, if I get anyone to just buy three Australian products, that will create a reaction and then once again help people. And I think it's just all about like finding that connection and that passion and that's what made me push through COVID. And then I had the idea of Mailmates, which was an idea to start letter writing again when we were so glued to our screens because we had to be. I wanted to get that personal touch going again. Things like that, I just wanted to continually push and it made my ideas so much better because they were so creative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about some of the successes and some of those moments in time that you, you know, had to pinch yourself and just be like, whoa, I'm here. 
What do you think when you think back through the last five years was the hardest for you? What's been the most challenging for you personally? I think reading some of the emails that I get sent. You know, we get emails daily about people out on farms and in rural communities suffering. It's definitely been a relentless almost 10 years for these farmers from drought to fires to floods, a mouse plague, and even COVID. These people are so resilient and I'm getting these emails saying, you know, these fires are getting closer. These floods have just washed out eight months' work. And for me, reading some of those emails is really tough and it's definitely one of the hardest moments for me because these people work so hard and one little thing has just changed that all and turned it back to square one. It's definitely hard to look at and uh, it's, it's very tough and I'd say that's definitely hard for me to look at. I think anyone in that position would find that hard to hear. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking hearing what these guys have been through and what they're still going through. So how do you then hear that and turn that into what you're going to be doing? Or how do you hear that and sit with it and then move on? Yeah, it's pretty devastating. But I think once again, it's all about your passion. It almost adds to my passion. And I think in the back of my head, you know, now I've got to go help these people. If I can affect them for the better, that would make my day. So you know, just trying to find a way to help them through all these tough times is what I really try to do. And it's just to keep pushing on and to keep looking out for those people. And you're doing that on a daily, weekly basis. It's amazing. So tell me, Jack, how do you do school? Like I run a company. I know how busy it is. I do a podcast. All of this takes time, right? Everything you're talking about takes time and energy and resources where is the time in your life for school and mates? And you said you play sport. How are you doing that? How are you doing life? I think my mum's pretty good at scheduling things. She's probably the greatest organiser of all time. We try to do a lot of stuff in the mornings and in the afternoons so I can go to school and do it on the days that I don't have training or sport. I think we learn sometimes you have to say no to things and reschedule because it's definitely a lot. In the very first five weeks, I miss so much school going out and going on these shows and going to these farms, which was one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever been through. But I think as time goes on, you know, school's going to become more important to me. I've got to find that balance. And right now, for me, the balance is perfect. I play my sport, I see my mates and and then I do a podcast now and then or then I go on a show now and then and miss maybe a period of school. But definitely, you know, my mum just organises so much. She's amazing. There you go, Prue. I hope you can hear that in the background. And if you can't, hopefully you're listening to this episode because it doesn't happen without someone like that behind the scenes doing the work, does it? Yeah, her work is just amazing. Like the stuff she does behind the scenes is crazy from, you know, the Instagram page, the Facebook page. All of that stuff, the website, it's all her putting it together and helping me do it, which is just amazing. And she does a full-time job too. So who comes up with your catchy names? Because you have so many, like Five for a Farmer. Who comes up with those names? Yeah, it's definitely like a big effort from my family altogether, like those catchy names and trying to get those simple little names that people can catch on to. My dad's pretty rhymy. I'm pretty rhymy. Like, good rhyming family, I'd say. So, bit of banter around the kitchen table. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. 
Because she had five for a flood survivor as well. That also is very catchy. Yeah. And we had male mates. Yeah, five for a flood survivor. Yeah, we've had a few. And Jack, we've kind of mentioned the TED Talk a couple of times, but tell us about that. We'll also put that in the show notes. So we'll put that and the podcast in. But tell us about what you spoke to and, and why. Why did you do a TED Talk? Yeah, the TED Talk is a very cool thing that I got to do, I think, Maybe November last year, there was a thing saying, you know, you've been nominated to do this TED Talk out of a big number, like 500 people. So didn't think too much of it. And then maybe two months ago, they said, oh, you've made the finals for this TED Talk and, you know, still about 50 people left. And then it just kind of narrowed down to five people. And then, you know, I was doing this TED Talk and writing a speech in about two weeks and getting it all together was it was a crazy thing to do but it was really cool I got up and I spoke in front of a huge audience and did an amazing TED talk along with amazing panelists who also talked about so many cool things like I was just so lucky to be a part of that what was your talk about so my main focus was being a kid's an advantage being a kid we're constantly learning we have this certain love of learning and I talk about that and I talk about resilience kids are the most resilient people in the world there's no doubt about that we know how to bounce back and we don't have a sense of losing and I think as adults that's where a lot of people stop once they fail once they don't want to try again out of embarrassment but kids don't really care So I talk about that and, you know, just all of those things. It was a really fun speech and I was so lucky to do it. And when was the moment that you're like, oh, my God, I'm about to be one of the youngest ever to give a TED Talk? Did you have that moment? Was it before you went on stage, once you were standing out there, at the end? I think when I looked out into the crowd and they were saying before, you know, we're talking to kids, like the panellists were saying that. And then when I got out there, I was talking to my generation. They're not kids to me. They're like my people, which was pretty cool. And that was definitely a moment where I'm like, I'm I'm only 15. And some of these people in the crowd who are still in school are older than me. So that was definitely a crazy moment for me. Do you still get nervous? I think everyone does, right? Nerves are a funny thing for me. I never really got nervous like when this all started because I was so passionate about what I was speaking about. That nerves, it didn't really matter to me and I just felt like I was speaking freely. But when this TED Talk came up, I mean, that was a pretty big thing for me and that's definitely the first time I felt a bit nervous in a while. But once I got out there, I felt those nerves just turn into excitement. I was lucky to talk to all these people and it turned into excitement in the end. Really cool. I think you're born for the stage. But tell me, how did you get through those nerves? Did you have a little chat to yourself inside your head? Did you imagine the audience naked? You know, we hear all these things. What really landed for you? Definitely like trying to like relax before getting out on stage, shaking around, jumping up and down and then getting out there and having that confidence. I knew my speech. I knew what I wanted to say and I know how to articulate that. So just I had to get out there and start speaking and it would all roll on. And how much time do you invest now? Give us a bit of an idea about your everyday week. How much time is invested in this area of your life outside of school and social and family? I'd say it changes a lot depending on what I'm doing at the moment. If I'm running a campaign, I'd say an hour to two hours a week. It's quite a lot. 
for my mum, she does stuff almost daily, responding to emails, doing the Instagram page, Facebook, all that stuff like that. But it comes out to a lot of hours and, you know, I'm just lucky that my mum can help me so much. What lessons do you think you've taken away thinking through these five years? What's been your biggest learning? I have two. So being a kid's an advantage is one. The fact that I'm a kid has pushed my ideas so far because when adults see a kid doing something that no adult is doing, it's a big shock and it's really amazing. That really helped my idea. And the second one would be the art of resilience and the word fail. I used the word fail a lot before starting this and, you know, fail means stuffing up or not completing or not achieving something. But my primary school principal told me that fail is actually an acronym, which stands for first attempt in learning. So when I messed up, I just thought, you know, it's just another attempt. I get to go again and I get to keep trying. When you said that before around when adults see a kid and they tend to take it further, I just want to pause you for a moment there because even if an adult was doing it though, like it, it is truly incredible what you've done. Like very few adults could have done what you did. The fact that you're a kid just makes it even more phenomenal. But remove that being younger, it's still phenomenal. Like any adult that wins and raised $2.2 million for the farmers on their own, off their own bat during COVID, building into that and doing a TED Talk is inspirational. Being a kid just lifts it a whole nother bar. Yeah, it's pretty funny, isn't it? But I think the best way to talk about that being a kid's an advantage is like a lemonade stand. So when I'm a kid, I do a lemonade stand and people come by and they donate. But whereas like an adult does a lemonade stand, it, it doesn't get the same response. You know, people would ask some questions and it'd be a bit interesting. But as kids, we just have this sort of thing that people are like, oh, you're still learning, you're still growing. I want to help. Jack, what you're doing on a daily basis is your every day. But it is extraordinary to everyone else listening in. And so some of the questions I ask might be like, oh, that's just what I do. You know, that's just how I roll. But really, it's everyone wants to know, like, they're kind of like, let us in, like, let's pull back the curtains and have a look at how you do it. So, you know, I'm thinking about those times, and I'm sure there's been many, that it has been overwhelming. Like, people are coming at you from all angles, whether it be, you might be having a fight with your sister or your parents at home, and then you might have schoolwork to do, or, you know, you've got a footy carnival to go to, and then there's media knocking on the door, and then you've realised that you thought you were having this money coming in for the funding, but it didn't come in. And like, you know, those moments that feel like they're quite heated. How do you manage those moments and what helps you get through? It's going to sound really funny, but I breathe. I take a step back and I think, you know, it's all going to be okay. It's, it's not the end of the world. And everything that's happening right now has a solution. It's funny, like when COVID was happening, that was really serious because there wasn't a solution. But, you know, an overdue assignment, a fight with my sister, charity work, it all has solutions. So I think if I just take my time and breathe, I can get through all of this and it'll all just come together. And I have a great support around me, you know, from my family, my cousins, my friends, everyone is willing to help. And, you know, I'm really fortunate for that. And has there been any backlash? Like often when people start in the media and they start becoming famous, there's often people that try to pull you down, like that tall poppy syndrome. don't know if you've heard about that, but the more you shine, the more people try and cut it from underneath you. Has that been your experience at all? I've been pretty fortunate with like everyone's pretty responsive. I am a kid, but just like 
sometimes there's a couple of little things, not to wear my hat inside and stuff like that. And, you know, we definitely note it and understand that if that's what people think, we're happy to change it. But I don't really want to let 1% change the 99% that are all saying it's great. So I don't get too stuck up on it, but sometimes it's good advice and I'll change it. So can we just bottle you, Jack, and get all of that energy and that positivity and that resilience and everything that you've learned and your entrepreneurial mindset? Because I'm hearing it come through loud and clear. It's like, there's no problem I can't solve, you know, and what's next and how do I grow this and how do I expand this? I'm just going to bottle that and we'll just dish it out to everyone. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, awesome. What's on the cards for you in the future, whether it be six weeks, six months, maybe the next year, two years, what is coming up and what are you excited about? Yeah, that's a question that gets asked a lot. For me, you know, definitely living in the present is a big thing. Anything that gets thrown at me, I'm going to give it 110%. Annually, we have our a fiver for a farmer day, getting people to dress up and bring in $5. So that always happens. But yeah, really, any natural disasters that happen or someone in need, I'm going to help them and I'm going to try my best. And that fiber for the farmer, if anyone is listening, because we have people listening all around the world, what would you say to them? How can they best support fiber for a farmer? How do they get in contact? What does it look like? A fiverforafarmer.com.au. That's our website. We're on all social medias, Jack's Mates Foundation. And you can really contact me from any of those points. And so would you like to see corporates getting involved, schools? Like who do you want to do it? We've had so many schools do it. It'd be cool to see some big workplaces do it. But really anyone that wants to do it, whether just your family does it for a day, anyone, you can make such a difference. Is there someone in your mind that you'd love to see do it? Is there a company out there that you like? If these guys could get on board. I love my sport. So like the NRL, the NBA, something like that. No pressure. My business partner works in the NRL. So um, <laughs> no pressure, classy. Um, <laughs> we might have to see if we can get one of them on board, hey? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's Fiverr for a Farmer. What can the listeners do if they're going to do one thing off this conversation that you and I have today when we talk about one small act? What is one thing that they can do next? Any sort of good deed, no matter how big, how small, if it's paying for someone's coffee or helping someone cross the road, calling a relative, smiling at a stranger, it is an amazing thing. And if you do it every day, I guarantee you'll make someone else feel better, but you'll make yourself feel better. And what advice do you have, Jack, for the little nine-year-old Jack that had no idea what was about to hit his world? Definitely for younger Jackers, have more gratitude. I think we're a generation of you know, change, but also need. We're always needing the next thing. It's almost a lifestyle. But for young Jack, I'd say definitely just be grateful for what you have. You know, you don't have any problems in your life. And even now for me, I don't have any problems. So just be happy and be grateful for what you've got. And who in this world inspires you? Who is it that helps you jump out of bed in the morning and makes you dream big and think big and feels like your energy's on fire and you're in your genius lane? Definitely my parents. Like they've always told me that I may be small, but my voice is mighty and 
that's made me think that anything is possible and made me achieve so much more than I ever thought I could. So we love to finish every podcast with asking who or what in your world truly makes you belly laugh. Like Jack, when I say this, I mean, you know that laughing that you can hear from the next room and you're like, what are they laughing at? Like who or what in your world gets you in that place? Probably my dad. He's so funny. He makes me laugh so much. He's Some of his jokes just make me laugh for ages and I think about them and I still laugh again. So definitely my dad. Massive shout out to your parents and your sister. They have, I can imagine, been along for the whole ride. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for giving up your time. You absolutely should be out playing and I really appreciate you coming on because I know what it takes to constantly have interruptions in your day and to be doing things like this. Yes, it might have a huge impact and it is so powerful and so inspirational. But every time you do this, we take from your time. It's an hour, an hour and a half of your time that you'll never get back. And I know it's having a big impact, but I just want to acknowledge that space and from the bottom of my heart and say thank you because I'm a better person for having this conversation with you. And I feel inspired today after having this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. It's been awesome. And that brings us to the end of another captivating episode of Challenges That Change Us. I hope that you were all as inspired as I was by this incredible journey of our guest, Jack. His story reminds us all that age is just a number when it comes to making a difference in this world. Jack's unwavering determination, his selflessness, and his commitment to serving others have truly left an incredible mark on all of our hearts. His initiative, Fiverr for a Farmer, is a testament to the power of a single act of kindness and the ripple effect it can create. As we conclude this episode, I encourage you all to reflect on challenges that you have faced in your own life. Remember that it's through these challenges that we grow, learn and discover our true potential. Each obstacle presents an opportunity for transformation and making a positive impact on the world around us. Jack's story has inspired you to take action. I encourage you to visit his website and contribute to the incredible cause. All the details are in the show notes. Together, we can join hands and create a brighter future for those in need. Before we say our goodbyes, to all of our beautiful listeners, thank you for tuning in. Your support means the world to us, and we hope we can continue on this journey of exploring challenges that change us. Remember, every challenge is an opportunity for growth and transformation. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Together, we can spread the message of resilience, kindness, and the power of taking action. Until next Monday, remember that you have the power to change the world one challenge at a time. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep embracing the challenges that change us. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you everyone for listening and taking the time out of your day. I believe we can learn so much from connecting with other people's experiences and stories. I hope you've gained some strategies and insight from today's episode. You can gain more by joining our Facebook group, Challenges That Change Us, or next week we will return with another episode.